the Freed from the Real podcast is brought to you each week by PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and CapeFearGames.com. You can listen to us each week on PureMTGO.com, MTGOTraders.com, and MTGCast.com. from the real podcast bring you all the news uh, regarding the offline game and stuff from the offline game which is relevant to us such as the latest set m13 we've got a large chunk of it just over half spoiled and what's caught your eye well um there's some interesting stuff as far as uh neat new cards go we do have one that i saw that immediately catches your eye and that's sublime archangel uh it is two and two white for a 4-3 with Flying and Exalted. That alone um, makes it worth the price tag to a degree and certainly worth considering. But then you have this little line attached, and that is other creatures you control have Exalted. The important thing to remember here is Exalted stacks. So if you've got, say, three creatures which already have Exalted, then swinging with this thing will essentially give you plus 7. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So for just for an example, like taking a new card like Knight of Glory, a 2-1... Uh, for two, that's pro-black exalted. Say you had this guy and some three drop out. Uh, if you go turn four Archangel and attack with even just him or another 2-2, two, two, that is one, two, three, four exalted. That's plus four, plus four on the attack. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, another consideration would be like a turn one, obviously, you know, the standard white draw, like turn one, champion of the parish. Turn two, gather the townsfolk. Turn three... Um, the paladin to soul bond and give double strike. And then next turn, Archangel... An attack for like seven million or something. I don't even know. Quite a lot. Yeah, the champion at that point would be a one, two, three, four, uh, a four, four with double strike, and would get a total of five exalteds. Yeah, you'd be looking. Attacking for eighteen uh, is pretty strong on turn two or turn four. Yeah, you could very well have a dead opponent with that. Yeah. Um, so with all the token strategies available, that just seems like a card that could really go bananas. Um, and it's not legendary, so there's no harm in drawing extra ones. Yes, um, we were just doing the math of what would happen if you had just one of these and hit it with a right of replication. Yeah. The answer uh, is lots. Yeah, we think 36, but we didn't really sit down and write it down. So mm-hmm. uh, pretty good. What about you, AJ? Anything interesting catch your eye? Well, there's a couple of thematic things which have jumped out at me. There's an awful lot of... um, uh, Well, the curve seems to be very much uh, power to cost of one. You've got uh, four power for four mana, three power for three mana everywhere. Um, Especially four power for four mana. You've got that um, with the angel you already mentioned. There's a um, blue sorcery which provides you the set four power for four mana. You've got um, green creatures with uh, four power for four mana left, right, center, and every rarity you can think of. Yeah, sure. There's a, I mean, just looking really quickly, I've already found a common and uncommon and a rare that are all four mana that give you four power worth of creatures. Yeah. Um, 
it does seem that uh, every colour is going to be able to uh, pay for, swing for four or more. Yeah, it just it with the aggressively cost costed creatures and exalted being a flagship mechanic of the set, it seems like we're in for another extremely aggressive uh limited environment as far as M thirteen goes. Yep. Now one card which did jump out because it's a new core set card with an off colour activation is Harbour Bandit, which is essentially a black grey ogre. Uh, it's a 2-2 two, two for 3, of which uh, one of its respective colour. Human Rogue, Harbour Bandit gets plus 1, plus 1, as long as you control an island. And 1 under blue, Harbour Bandit is unblockable this turn. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like um, another piece in the puzzle that could easily make up a cycle. Um, it's very similar to uh, Hedge Troll and Sedge Troll in that way, being a uh, Grey Ogre that gets a bonus to control the land needed for the off-color activation ability. Yep. So we could see one or both of those making their way into the set as part of that cycle. That's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, I hadn't thought of it looking at it through um, Sedge Troll's eyes, but now that you mention it, very much so. I spend most of my life looking at things through Sedge Troll's eyes. (laughs) Moving on. Quite so, yes. One thing which um, we both fell in love with as soon as we saw is the uh, latest um, variant of Terror, or possibly even Terminate, if you uh, think of it in that way. It's an instant with the words, destroy target creature. A mana cost of colorless and two black, and the name? Murder. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a beautifully elegant card. Um, very reminiscent of like just counterspell, just a very appropriate name, three simple words, done and done, um, and very effective, obviously, because uh, that will pretty much always be an answer to a creature, barring I think pro black creatures. Other than that, you're good to go. An expert. Yeah, it's an answer to every creature which isn't specifically um, uh, trying to dodge that. Yeah. And another just kind of a side benefit that I like about a card like this, and they also kind of did this exact same thing in red with uh, Volcanic Geyser, is that by making the choice to take these somewhat less powerful cards, like compared to like Disintegrate or Doomblade or something like that, is that you are giving those colors a better chance to be uh, playable and limited. And what I mean by that is when you look at like a card like Doomblade or like Disintegrate or Fireball, if you open one of those, like even if you've already set yourself up into blue-green or blue-white or something like that, you can easily take Fireball or Doomblade and plan to splash that um, and picking up some, you know, maybe an artifact that generates mana, or if you're green, like a Borderland Ranger or something like that. Whereas when you open up a card like Murder or Vol- Volcanic Geyser, you can't take that as easily, and so you're going to have to pass that to the red player. So to the red and the black player in the draft, you have a better chance at getting cards that are really good for your deck. Um, yep. Even if they are slightly less powerful than other cards they could have put in there. Yeah. Although the white player can still um, uh, rue the fact his uh, Oblivion Rings are getting stolen. Very true. <laughs> Let's see what else here. Another card. I'm kind of sad to see this guy. I know he's good, but especially in a set with Exalted, um, I'm not happy to see him. And that's Vampire Nighthawk. This card was an incredibly difficult to deal with in Limited uh, back when he came out in Zendikar. He's still really good, and then giving him Exalted all around him only makes him seem that much better. 
I'm kind of worried about that card as far as limited goes. Especially exalted in black. Yes, he's uh, he's going to be nasty. Yeah, because I just remember, I just remember how hard he was to deal with. And granted, the removal was very different. We don't and we don't know what all the removal looks like in this set. Yeah, um, we do know the, that. Yeah, we do know that one bit looks like a, um, a one red for three damage, uh, and another bit looks like uh, uh, two black and uh, one colorless for destroy it. But um, yeah, that's true. He can be murdered. Whereas <laughs> that just sounds so cool. Um, whereas he couldn't uh, have the, the the black black and one spells was target non black creature in that block, so you couldn't do that. But we do have flames of the firebrand, which would kill him. We have searing spear, which would kill him. So maybe he won't be as oppressive as he was in the Zendikar block uh, limited. Yeah, but he's certainly a card to keep your eye on. Yes, and if you've got anything with flying and first strike, that's at a premium. Any other neat cards? Yes, there was the um, uh, first red dedicated looter, if you will, Rummaging Goblin. Creature, Goblin Rogue, two colorless, one red, one one, tap, discard a card, draw a card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've seen R&D talk about their shift to um, adding looting into red's color pie, although it'll be done in the reverse from blue, where you drew a card and you know thought over all your options and then discarded what was least powerful. Red instead will carelessly throw away a resource and take whatever it can get, um, and at a slightly higher cost. I'm half tempted to uh, run that with a couple of um, original med Red Madness cards, because uh, those tend to be some of the better ones. You had, um, uh, what was it? Um, there was the one that was Lightning Bolts, uh, yeah. Fiery Temper or something like that? Fiery Temper. And there was the... Um, uh, deal four damage divided as you choose one. Oh yes, uh, see the art like volcanic something or other I think. Yeah. But yeah, normally like one red red red, uh, but then yeah you can do it for two instead. And there was the um, even the color shifted uh, reckless worm for a nice little creature to drop out. Oh yeah, I loved in a time spiral block. I actually played a mono-red deck that had those for a while because I was using Gath and Raiders. So, like, your opponent would pack and you just had the morph, and you're like, discard my last card, which happens to be a Reckless Worm. I got a 5-5 five, five and a 4-4. Four, four. Block, block. Kill you. Good times. Always like Gath and Raiders for the quick ambush thing. Yeah, that card was great. Uh, speaking of a quick ambush, we have the potential for that um, to maybe see the Little Red Men make a comeback with their new leader, Krinko the Mob Boss. Mm-hmm. It is a 4-mana 3-3 Legendary Goblin who can tap to put X 1-1 Goblins into play, where X is the number of Goblins you control. Now, we were just doing the math on this earlier. Say you're doing turn 1 uh, in, say, Modern Goblin Guide, followed with uh, turn 2 Mogwar Marshal, turn 3 Goblin Chieftain, Swing for Lots... Turn four, Krenko mob boss, tap him to generate an additional five goblin tokens, all of which have haste and plus one, plus one from the chieftain. Kill. Yeah, seems pretty brutal. <laughs> um, so this may be, you know, goblin's chance to, to dig back a little bit. They've kind of been out of the limelight um, since they haven't had such great cards as Goblin Warchief and uh, Pile Driver and Siege Gang Commander all at the same time. So this is certainly a card to keep your eye on to add to the, the ever-growing list of goblin lords of sort. 
I have no problems with goblins taking a step back from the limelight. Yeah. <laughs> Being a tribal player, yeah, I guess you could, I can understand that. I can. Sh- I'm sure this guy will be uh, ubiquitous and his uh, followers in in his wake. Should we say? Mm-hmm. Would he be the best like legendary goblin for a commander now? Like, cause I'm trying to think of like legendary goblins and other good ones, like in a commander format. Well, Walk the Raid Mother's probably top of the tree for being multicolored and yeah, um, giving access to black, yeah, and retrieving cards as well. Um, yeah, or rather Walk Goblinati because uh, Walk the Raid Mother was the uh, red green one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know what you meant. Getting a goblin back from the graveyard, and that that still makes sense certainly from a multi, multiplayer perspective. I guess maybe in a more aggressive like one-on-one commander match, uh, you know, for all of those that go on, Krenko may be a better choice. Another option to add to the list. Yeah. There are quite a few Goblin Legends um, of varying uh, ability, although uh, you could do a nice little combo with Squee Goblin Narbob and the um, Rummaging Goblin. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Which would then at least let him be used in the color uh, that he was intended for, because he was certainly never used for coming into play and blocking and coming back or something like that. He was always just an engine. Well, yeah. Made sense with the spell shapers. Yeah. Very true. Right. What about green? What have we got in green? Uh, 4-4-4-4. Lots of 4-4-4s. What do you think of uh, Yeva, Nature's Herald? It's a 4-4-4-4. Legendary creature, Elf Shaman. Um, Two colorless, two green. Flash. You may cast green creature cards as though they had flash. So essentially what you've got here is instant 4-4, just add water. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It seems I feel like this would be a great card um, for a deck that it seems harder to exist because of Cavern of Souls. Because um, I feel like this would be a great deck where you can play like some blue-green control deck and you can just sit back and counter whatever your opponent does. And then should they not do it, you can be like, end of turn, Yeva. And now I can yeah. just play all my creatures end of turn. Blue-green is the obvious beneficiary, yes. Um, especially coming back to Ravnica with whatever strange Simic monstrosities will be um, piled up uh, next time. Or indeed, if they have any interesting multicolored uh, blue-green things in the core set. Yeah, absolutely. Another interesting interaction that was uh, pointed out was about werewolves. Um, because essentially with Yeva, you can now, if you have her in play and you have any werewolves, you can pass the turn and let them flip. Uh, without the loss of tempo, because now you can just cast your creatures on their turn. Yes, provided you don't cast more than one. But an interesting card, um, and yeah, like you said, like at first you're like, wow, four, 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 that's pretty good. But then you're like, ah, they're kind of everywhere. So, you know, how good, how good is that? Well, end of your turn, four, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. The one that that was another one that people pointed out was the with the. Wolfear or Silverheart. So end of your turn, 4-4. And then the next time you attack, sneak attack in my now 8-8, making my 4-4 an 8-8. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty mean. In response to your shock, that's now a 7-7. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's certainly some mean things to be done with that card. One card which quite intrigued me was one of the strangest tutors I've ever seen. Ah, yes. Monvuli Beast Tracker. Green, green, colorless. Human Scout, 2-1. One. 
When Wumbruvi Beast Tracker enters the battlefield, search your library for a creature card with Death Touch, Hexproof, Reach or Trample and reveal it. Shuffle your library, then put the card on top of it. So that is a highly specific worldly tutor with a 2-1 attached. Yeah. Um, basically something untargetable, deadly, um, able to block flyers, or able to swing for the win. Should be a pretty good card in limited, uh, for sure, because there's plenty of options, and obviously if you're playing green, you know, you'll have an acidic slime, or you'll have a spider of some kind, or one of the trampling crew. You'll have something that you can tutor up, typically. And if you're not, I question how you ended up drafting green and didn't do so. Um, I can always... Uh, go um, black green and uh, say, "Oh hey, guess who's got um, death touch?" Oh, your new uh, gorgons. No, oh. the um, reprinted vampiric flyer. Ah uh, yes, yeah, the nighthawk. Yep. Yeah, as tricky as as green green and black black might be, especially at the both three drop, just might be worth it to have a tutor for your nighthawk because he's just that darn good. We've also got uh, Revive reprinted. That's the regrowth for uh, green cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an interesting uh, reprint. Uh, good thing it wasn't Reclaim, given the existence of Miracles. Yes, although we've already got um, uh, Noxious Revival, at least until uh, um, Scars rotates. Very true. Um Another interesting reprint we have here is Tormod's Crypt, and it's, and also with the excitingly fun uh, promo art. So that's pretty sweet. Yes. Um, it's not been out of um, the game all that long, given that it uh, was a part of the um, uh, Time Spiral reprinted sheet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what utility it adds, um, especially considering we have things like Graph Digger's Cage, we have um, at least for the moment, we have Nihil Spell Bomb. So you have options through the graveyard. I just think it's cool that the, the promo art is readily available in circulation, because I do like it so much. So that's yeah. cool. Um, and, you know, probably might prove useful somewhere. I mean, if somebody's got a, a modern deck relying on um, uh, the zero mana mocks, then being able to go uh, add another utility uh, zero mana card is... I can see the use of it. Yeah, it's certainly a potential. So it's good. It's always good to have cards that are uh, used in older formats made available when possible. Um, and it might prove useful. We do have some cards, you know, we have milling strategies out there, and potentially if the Golgari are back in some fashion, that's something to watch out for. So it's always just good to have those options available. I think that pretty much covers most of the fun and unique stuff that we've seen added for M13. And uh, we'll get some more coming in the next week or so, so we'll check those out as they roll in. Yeah, it won't be too long before we have the whole lot, um, willingly or unwillingly. So uh, Very true. let's move on to uh, another new release. Is, yeah, which has come out in paper and is being released along with its predecessor online for the first time. The Both sets of Plane Chase are coming online on June the 29th. All four decks of the previous set, and all four of the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there'll be a total of eight new decks available on June 29th. We will get the Plane Chase game packs, the four original decks, and then the four new ones as part of this latest release. I don't think there were any new cards in the first go-around of Plane Chase, were there? 
Nope. Uh, it was an innovation introduced for um, uh, Commander, but right. it's by no means a bad thing. For one thing, in order to make sure that both uh, online and offline were current, uh, they had to be they had to get Plane Chase online, which is sort of a nice little Damoclean sword to uh, expand the options available online. Absolutely. Um, it seems like a pretty interesting format. Obviously, the you know it's a fun new twist on multiplayer magic um, with the planes and the phenomenons and the planar die, adding a fun little element to the game. Mm-hmm. I look forward to uh, seeing how we can uh, go with the planar die online. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much um, space we have in deck construction because I'm thinking a deck with um, all phenomena and one plane could be nasty. <laughs> that that might that would definitely cause the game to crash. I imagine you roll a player die and you cycle through seventeen phenomena and then end up back at your original plane, and yep. who knows what goes on when that happens. Oi. That's worth working for, really. Yeah. Um, I guess you could have two planes in there with that whole with the plane that converges, the phenomenon that converges you and puts you on two different planes, whatever that one was called. Yeah, if you had a set of planes which were and built your deck to uniquely um, benefit from both their benefits simultaneously, mm-hmm. that can get messy. Yeah. I'm curious to see what they do as far as execution of the. The planar deck, like, are you gonna? Is it gonna be the planar deck of the person who creates the event that gets loaded? Will or how is that gonna work? Or is it gonna be a planar deck each? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty curious. Uh, so that'll be interesting, something to look out for. Also, we have in other news the June Friday Night Magic promo, uh, which we've just recently started getting access to, and that is an oldie who used to be a goldie. Um, and that's Sakura Tribe Elder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sakura Tribe uh, Elder, otherwise known as um, uh, Rampant Growth Guy. Um, mm-hmm. The one in a green, one one, which sacrifices to fetch up a basic land. Mm-hmm. Used to be a lot better back when damage went on the stack. Now it's still, I mean, still good, but requires a little more thought. Although 90%, 99% of the time you're still just sacking them to get the land after you block. Basically, is um, its role as a roadblock is only slightly diminished in that it can no longer kill one ones and get you the land simultaneously. Absolutely. Is it just me, or does this art make him look so much more deadly than a one one? Like, I don't want to face this dude in combat, and if he's a one one, like, what does that make me? <laughs> well, the trouble is, I look at this guy and I don't really see Elder. Yeah, that's true. He looks more like Sakura Tribe gonna kick your butt warrior. Yeah. <laughs> than he does an Elder. The original had a nice sense of appropriate age, if you will. Yeah, although he looked more like a turtle. <laughs> Maybe it was just me. Like, when I looked at the original Sakura Tribe Elder, I saw Sakura Tribe Turtle. We haven't yet had a turtle form life form, have we? I don't think so, no. That'd be pretty awesome. Other than, no, you know, Unless you want to count uh, player-made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cards. Why would anybody count those? <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. But yeah, um, good card. Um, one for the um, 
Well, I suppose there might be some people who still play uh, Kamigawa Block Constructed. <laughs> uh, maybe one or two. I mean, he's he's modern legal, and if there ever comes to be some combo deck that needs lots of basic lands, uh, like some kind of early harvest combo deck becomes good, he'd probably be a part of it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe if it had some sort of uh, recursion. I mean, you could see him being decent with... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, the White Titan. The, the White what? Titan. Oh, Sun Titan, uh, Sun Titan. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah uh, certainly possible. I mean, people currently use um, uh, Evolving Wild Stroke um, Terramorphic Expanse in that slot, so... Yeah. If you need an extra body. Yeah, that's, it could definitely... He's not a terrible card. He could certainly see play again someday. So, you know, again, not uh, Crozen Warchief. Which is my... Crozen War... He was an FNM promo, like, years ago, and that's always been my threshold. Like, as long as it is not as bad as or worse than Crozen Warchief, I'm not really going to complain. <laughs> well, Crozen Warchief was quite useful back in the day. It curved out and regenerated. But, um, yeah, there are, on the whole, better beasts... Yeah. Although what even to bail off was fun. True. Yeah. All right. So I think that covers the news and views for today. So why don't we go ahead and take a look at some of the prices? Yep. Bonfire of the Damned is, um, as uh, Pete Dunn commented, rather hot. Yeah. Uh, I think we're pretty much done on that card. So if you want those, uh, I think now's the time to pick them up because they've only got. Uh, room to grow at this point. It's widely used. It's wildly popular. Um, it's spreading like wildfire. Spreading like a bonfire, if it gets out of control, I guess. And Selling we're out of the release events, so... Setting light hotcakes, if you will. Yeah. That's okay. I think, I think we're at our cap of uh, four fire-related jokes for that card of the day. Yeah, we're a bit burnt out now. Oh, why'd you do it, AJ? Why <laughs> me? What'd you expect? <laughs> Okay. Um, also, coming up right behind him and gaining a little ground in the set is Tamio, the Moon Sage, who is rebounded and is back above 20 tickets. Is she seeing that much play, though? I don't think so. That's the thing. I can only... I can, and I imagine she's in a very specific deck. Like, she's not a, a very utility card that goes into a wide range of decks. Like, you have to be playing a very specific controlish uh, deck to be featuring that card. So I can't... I don't know where she's going to go, and it's going to depend on how good said deck is in the format. And five mana's typically been pretty tough for a Planeswalker, you know, other than Gideon um, dominating things at five for the time that he did. But that was a very slow environment that he existed in. Yes, Battleship Magic, as they called it. Yeah. And I mean, with your army of 1-1 birds to block forever while he built up to 7,000 loyalty so he couldn't be killed... Where she doesn't protect. She protects herself a little bit, but not quite as much. Um, so we'll see. I think she's a card to keep your eye on if you want them. Like I think now is kind of the time where if you're looking for cards from this set, it's the time to get them. Where after the release events, the release championship event has gone on, so a, a large glut of cards for the set has hit the system. Um, and obviously drafts will continue, but you know M13 is right around the corner, and that'll take away some of the traffic for a while. So I feel like if you want the cards, now is probably the time to pick them up. Yep. Cavern of Souls is dipping slightly down to 7.36 tickets apiece. Mm-hmm. Treat the Angels has been on a slow and steady decline, dropping a ticket about every week or so. Currently at 11.4. Mm-hmm. 
Temporal Mastery is kind of in that same boat. Not as quick a decline, but slowly slipping. And it's at 9.33. Yeah. A bit more variation, but then again, it is a mythic. Yeah. Restoration Angel is still hanging on at $8. I don't get this. Every time I type this price up, I click on the card and double check. I'm like, am I wrong? And this card is actually a mythic. And <laughs> just like, that's why it's doing it. But nope. Still a regular rare. And still $8. Maybe people just like the artwork. Maybe, yeah. I guess I haven't seen the promo artwork, so I don't know if that's uh, significantly worse to warrant continuing to pay that price. But it's just, and it, it is a good card, but I didn't think it was going to be eight dollars good. All the um, various angels of the set, only Sigurd is holding any real value at uh, four point three three, or at least of the legends, anyway. Yeah, um, Avacyn has dipped below. I think it's right at about three, and Bruna and Gazelda are both at like one to two. Uh, one for Brune, Bruna, and then two for Gazella, 250-ish. Pretty get ready and go, cut, go. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, looking at the rest of the, the standard legal cards, some of, some of the older cards are starting to pick up some value. Uh, Falconrath Aristocrat is continuing to pick up steam and block, so it's over 10 tickets now. Yep. And Geist of St. Traft is really, really looking forward to getting some Exalted going. Uh, so he has skyrocketed up to 28. There routes anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just I think everyone's just still waiting. They're like, is Noble Hierarch in the set? Do we have Noble Hierarch? Do we have Noble Hierarch with Geist? A dark day may dawn if that's the case. They might well decide it's a bit too strong and uh, just go with a Birds of Paradise reprint with Exalted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but overall, other than that, um, things are kind of steady. I'm sure, you know, obviously expect Scars of Mirrodin, uh, Mirrodin Block cards to start to drop off over the next couple of months as they approach the end of the line in Standard. Yep. Um, extended is dead and Modern, well, Modern seems to be on a bit of a, um, bit of a funk, if you will. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to check about the attendance for the super event, the half-price premiere event this weekend. Did you get a chance to peek in on that, AJ? Sadly, no. I was a bit busy. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure how many played in it, assuming it fired, which I'm, I'm guessing it did, uh, but what kind of numbers they drew for that event. So I'd be curious to kind of gauge uh, modern interest at the time. And obviously we have the uh, Sight Zone, Blippi the Slug, doing updates on modern pretty much every week. And yep. keeping us plugged in the format. So there's stuff going on. Things are churning. But, yeah, we'll have to see. Is it, will it become Legacy or will it become Extent? Or a bit of both. Somewhere yeah. halfway between the two, if you will. Yeah, maybe the best or worst of both worlds. Okay, uh, moving on, we have our question of the week. And this week's question, have you played a game of Plane Chase before? Um, and if so, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, AJ, I'm guessing you haven't because I know you're not a paper player. On the other hand, I have played the uh, variant of Magic on which it's based, namely Chaos. Admittedly on um, a client which shall not be named for uh, reasons of um, which uh, also won't be named. Um, <laughs> but that format of Magic is something which is very uh, intriguing and quite fun to me. Um, I'm looking forward to playing Chase because it's the style of crazy which um, people find a great deal of fun. I mean, look at... Um, the various um, Momia Basic variants. I mean, you've got 
Mojo Stereo. I even saw Maelstrom Mojo Stereo the other day. Oh, wow. Yeah. How many random avatars could you stack in one game? <laughs> That's craziness. Yes. Are you one of the, are you the type of player that likes to build into the variants? Like you kind of look at it and you find ways to exploit the random nature of the format? Or are you just the guy who'd rather just take your deck and go out there and see what happens in this crazy environment? I always like to tailor decks to whatever crazy mad thing is available. In fact, I like building decks around uh, strange premises to um, uh, get the most out of them. Um, you give me a theme and I can uh, probably beep several people around the head with it. I would quite happily dive in, uh, eyes wide open, both hands um, grabbing for um, this sort of thing. All right. Okay. So are you going to be looking into playing Chase when it comes out? You're going to start digging into that pretty quickly? I'll probably buy a few... Uh, planes on the secondary market and uh, see what I can uh, come up with. Certainly grab some of the cards from it. I mean, uh, uh, Mails from Wanderer um, in five-color elemental tribal would be insane. Yeah, very true. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, if any of you out there have uh, you know put on some pants and wandered out into the world and played a game of Plane Chase 4, give us your thoughts. What do you think? Are you excited for it coming to Magic Online? Um, and do you think it will translate well? And how would you like to see it implemented? So, that will kind of wrap us up for this week. So, uh, AJ, what you been playing? Well, there was a very special event at the weekend um, to mark the, seven, the 75th um, occasion that the host had hosted it. Uh, there was a Demons and Angels event where everyone had to have one Demon deck and one Angel deck with the uh, first named of each um, round as it was going in, playing the Angels and the second playing the Demons. Um I managed the complete clean sweep of not dropping a single game. Like I said, if you give me a theme, I will uh, hit people around the head with it. Um, and those are two of my um, all-time favorite tries because you've got uh, huge evasive uh, uh, beaters with special abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got a very big-time Clash of the Titans feel to both those tries. Yeah. And, of course, um, very few restrictions, so... Uh, for a black deck, you can drop gloom and make your um, angelic opponent uh, have a really bad day. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be a gloomy day. Mm -hmm. Now, the tech I used for the uh, angel deck was a bit more convoluted. You see, there's two demons with power three, none with less than that. And uh, there was... Do you remember in... Masks block a card called Crackdown. Oh, I try to forget most of the cards of Mask Block. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Help me out here. Crackdown is non-white creatures with power three or greater don't untap during their owner's untap steps. <laughs> For three mana. I mean, I'll, that sounds like a very much like a Mask Block card. So it's a Mask Block card, but when you know your opponent will be playing demons and therefore will not have a single creature below that power level, it's a bit broken. Seems pretty good, yeah. Especially when you consider I was running Kismet. <laughs> That's just mean, AJ. Straight up mean. And Retribution of the Meek, just to mop up with um, most of my angels being three power or so. Exactly. <laughs> Very nice. So you had to alternate between the two decks per round, or...? 
sort of. Um, it was pretty much luck of the draw. I got uh, demons for the first two and angels for the last. Um, and won all three with uh, no game losses, so can't really complain. Good deal. Good deal. Mm-hmm. I was quite intrigued by one of my opponents who, um, thinking that with people able to run uh, whatever um, deadly colour hoses, running a uh, blue-green Eureka deck to get around the colour problem. <laughs> That's an interesting solution. Yep. Not sure. Apparently it didn't work out for him, though, because you uh, steamrolled your way through the event. Well, there is that. Um, but it was very clever, and um, I, I had um, a few tectonic edges in my deck for um, getting rid of uh, the expected Cabal Coffers uh, tricks, with which, well, my own deck was fueled on as well. Um, but yeah, with Kismet in play, he paid two life to um, uh, drop his fourth land, uh, Ravnica Duel, and uh, try and play it. Pause the second, realised Kismet was there, and then I activated both Tectonic Edges I had in play to take him down from four mana to two. Ouch. With five mana of flyers in play and ten life. <laughs> After needlessly paying the two. All right. Well, very cool. Congratulations, AJ. That's a nice accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, as for myself, sadly, I have not been able to get to Magic Online, which is kind of weird because I'm off for the summer, so you'd think it'd be much easier for me. But apparently, I was under the misconception that I would not have to be greatly involved in my wedding planning. Um, and like I said, that was a misconception on my part because I've had to provide input and go to places and do all sorts of stuff. Far more than I thought I would. Um, because it's the price you pay for not uh, planning to get married to a bridezilla. Oh, I remember all that. There was. <laughs> uh, it's a frighteningly long time. Um, next month will be my ninth wedding anniversary. So, uh, oi. Yeah. Well, kudos to you on that, AJ. Um, but, I mean, it's it's all good and it'll be fun. But sadly, that has kept me away from magic. So hopefully I'll sneak in some time this week. Good luck. Well, I believe that would wrap us up for this week. Um, So uh, until next time, you'll take it easy. We'll come back to you with more spoilers and more news. Yep. Until next time, all the best. Bye, everyone.